going on in here? Well, I told you we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, you mean stiletto heels? Whatever. They take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Yes, we are on. Welcome. Exactly. How are you? Good. This is Wednesday, uh, February 7th. February, that's 2007. right. 2007. Holy moly. Let me tell you, it is a balmy 20 degrees out. <laughs> I have to wear suntan lotion. Holy moly. Well, you know they say you should do that anyway. What? Yes, because... Well, maybe they say you should do that, but I am I'm brown, people, so well, I, I don't need it. Yeah, but don't you have like effects effects of the UA, the UV, um, UV rays? UAW? The UAW? Don't the you have influence of the UAW? I wish. Exactly, but I the wish. UV rays, don't you have, um, you know, like, you still have chances of skin cancer, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. All right, fine, I'll put it on. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself all looped up, girl. I guess they have to wear clothes now, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dan, how's your week? It's actually been really good. It's been um, a little exciting um, with just trying to keep up with everything, trying to be very butch this weekend with yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl. Did you watch? I did. I did. And um, it was very difficult because I usually watch... Like the I, when I watch my TV shows, mm-hmm. I, I usually like scroll through the commercials and um, and then get back to the main event. And this one was a little different because I had to scroll through the event um, uh. just to watch the commercials. <laughs> right, it's always backwards, <laughs> and the commercials were pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, I watched it. My father and I watched it this weekend. It was oh, good. Oh, uh, okay. But um, yeah, some of the commercials were some pretty good ones. Like I guess you know. Um, all is, sorts of I, I still can't you know it's like millions of dollars to have 30 seconds yeah was it like 2.5 or something like this or it was just, it's way too much oh. I figure you can either buy a commercial or you know feed Africa yeah. Um, yes. and apparently the commercial one's out oh out. yeah hello it's yeah. just amazing and what they do with all that money I mean the other thing too I is I'm, I wonder like what what do they do with all that the funding and I know when they were here in Detroit last year they I mean a lot of they the went money, back to the city yeah. Yes, exactly. There was a lot of programs about diversity and and um, health and football promotions, yeah. and so mm-hmm. there was a lot of a lot of things like that. But it's just it's a it's an amazing. I mean, they're saying that the number one day that people call in sick 
Is the day after the Super Bowl? Yes, exactly. Really? Yeah. Oh. So because people are up so late well, and they had a little remember too much fun. I remember that next year. I don't want to be left out. I well, left I've, out. I have a coworker that like took the whole week off, so I'm kind of wondering. Preparation for Super Bowl? No, just oh. I mean, and, <laughs> I mean it, unrelated. It was totally unrelated. It was uh, she had some appointments and stuff, but still, it was you know she took this this entire week off. Uh, so I'm like, hmm, hmm. interesting. Uh, it's not to get sun, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah, but well, um, besides the one that I, I'm interested in talking about with about the, the Snickers, but the was, Snickers there, was there any other one that kind of uh, stuck out for you? That um, I'm trying to remember. I know. See, that was the other thing. See, that that none of them. I feel really... like there were a billion um, like car commercials. Yes, you know? absolutely. And and for me, who doesn't, who's not really a car guy, I really couldn't. I thought it was the same truck each time. <laughs> and people, <laughs> they're like, no, Did no. Did we just see that yeah. truck? <laughs> exactly. It's a busy truck. Yeah. <laughs> but they all had the same theme of right. of speeding up and slowing down. It's true. And 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 John, and, and you know, melon camp song in the background did you see the one for godaddy.com yes i don't really quite understand that that one one. was ridiculous yeah (laughs) i mean for those of you who haven't seen it it was all about like oh people godaddy.com and people want to you know have uh their work in marketing and like and then you open the door to marketing and there's all these buxom sort of very attractive young ladies working there and i'm like what Right, like right. This is, I feel like I feel like the commercials this year were much more sort of like sexist. And, oh yeah. Well, I mean, we could talk. You know, the Snickers commercial. Well, right, right. Well, the other one that that stood out for me that I really wished. See, the, one of the things I loved about it is just like Budweiser does a you know a theme that there's like several commercials in right. a row. They seem to kind of carry on. You know, they did. They did a lot of really. Uh, Coca Cola actually also did a lot well, of really good work exactly. about uh, African Americans. Well, exactly. And they played really well on it being um, Black History Month. Yes. And that the two head coaches were both African American coaches. Right. And it sort of you know it it was nice but it's not like you know oh yes we have civil rights because of coca-cola <laughs> you know so so you know it's marketing right right exactly i think also fedex did one on that same that very sim- similar issue yeah oh and then there's a the kevin federline one did you see the oh kevin? yes exactly you know that he actually released an apology really because he apologized in case he offended any um any people who work at fast food restaurants he did not. He did. He did. Oh my word! I'm and still waiting for an apology from him for offending my eyes because he's. <laughs> um, and you know, Taco Bell actually offered him like a one year like job. Wow. I think he's gonna need it. I mean, doesn't he have like four kids to, to make for? burritos or to? I don't know what. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm sure that he's going to. Right. Well, you know, well, the, well, the thing I was looking forward to is like, for instance, Blockbusters had their the. You mean the um, guinea pig and the rabbit? And oh my god! And the mouse? Exactly. That I was, was like so hilarious. looking forward to it. Was I was hilarious. like, oh, blockbusters came through for us, but then it was the only one. I know, but it was so funny. <laughs> and those of you who don't know this commercial, it uh, it talks about like the hamsters are talking about. Are you sure if I click this thing and get online and they have a mouse and they keep pressing down at it? It's and like the squeak, squeak. <laughs> it's really you know, it's funny. I guess oh, you had to be there. I, uh, but well, and then Letterman and Oprah. I missed that one. Oh, was it good? Well, you know what? I had to actually replay it because I totally thought I was like, no, 
that's not Oprah. <laughs> and sure enough, it, I, it was a it, real Oprah, not like yeah, a, 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 no, it wasn't a stand-in Oprah. Yeah, it was Oprah herself. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, wow. But so the, we've got to talk about the Snickers commercial. Absolutely, I think it? we've delayed it long enough. <laughs> so there's been so much picked up about this um, Snickers commercial, and for those of you who haven't seen it, basically the setup is in this garage. These two men are working on a car. Yeah. And one is eating a Snickers bar, and the other one, I don't know, like he sees the other end and starts uh-huh. to eat it. Wow, because Snickers, resist, absolutely. Snickers is, you know, really irresistible. And so, a la Lady and the Tramp, they uh-huh. eat the other ends and meet in the middle in. Uh, a pseudo kiss right and they they coil back in horror and they said dude i think we just made out and they say um quick do something manly right and so they rip chest hair off Off of them off off of themselves yes right and so so you know that was certainly bad right but then i think there's a lot of backlash have you seen tired about the website So which is no longer up. Which is no longer up. Because they don't want up. people to see it. Yes. So, so the website, I think, just confounded things because there were like alternate endings. Yeah. So one of the alternate endings was, quick, do something manly, and they drink like motor oil. And, uh, yeah, and, and a freeze. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then uh, another alternate ending was, quick, do something manly, and they, uh, one guy throws a wrench into the other guy's crotch, and one guy like... Um, closes the hood on on the other guy oh see i heard it that it was that he put his head in it and then he crushed yeah it right, yeah, yeah exactly right 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 yes. so so there's this whole this issue about um you know are you are they is snickers or mars company you know promoting violence towards gays right. and so. right and what and, and the other thing too is like how many people had seen this already when they went to the focus groups i mean obviously they right. knew that was the one not to put on there well and you know the other thing was the reason why they had all those alternate endings well and they showed these commercials to the Colts and the Bears players and there was like physical revulsion like there yes. was this this visceral reaction of like Ugh. and it wasn't to the ending it was to the actual eating of the Snickers bar it was to the men yeah. quote unquote kissing, kissing. yes right. exactly and I don't know like I always share my, my, my candy bars like that I feel like <laughs> it's um, you know I, I'm a giver <laughs> um, so the other thing was um so what they were going to do is like people could vote on their favorite alternate ending, sort of like choose your own story sort of thing. And they would show the winner uh, at Daytona 500, which is oh, a car race. Oh, OK. A one, yes, it where is. Where one races vehicles. That's right. So um, so they pulled it off the website and like there was other things sort of like, you know, the president of Mars International is like the number two giver to the Republican Party. And oh. So there are all these things that just sort of like, you know, if you want to find something, you'll find it, right? Right, so, right. So, yeah. Goodness. I mean, so who do I drink? I mean, so do I drink a Pepsi uh, <laughs> because there's a, no, sorry. No, you said Mars. I'm sorry. I was thinking right. of, okay, gotcha. No, no, no. So it's like, do you eat a Snickers bar or do you eat like a whatever else? Yeah, you know? exactly. And I, I'm allergic. I'm allergic to nuts. Wow. I'm really sorry. <laughs> that could be taken so many different ways. I'm so sorry. I'm allergic to nuts. I break out. Um, it's true. Yes, and, yes. Um, I believe so you. I don't eat Snickers. Wow. Um, okay. But, and you know, actually right now as we speak, the B school, the business school at, here at U of M is having this sort of discussion about whether boycotting really works. And I don't think it does. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it does either. No. <laughs> no. I'd rather do boycotting. 
spy cutting? Spy cutting. Where, like, for instance, if there's a certain area, like, for, if I believe in a certain um, uh, um, bookstore, for instance, like, for instance, if there's a situation where um, I'm having a hard time with where money's going from the big chains or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then I might go to a bookstore that I that I know that serves the community that I work oh. in, you know. Like, going, the difference between going to uh Barnes and Noble to like common language. Or exactly. Right. Like I would go to common language versus, you know, and maybe order my books that way. Sure. Or um or if there was like for instance a um well, and that's the other thing too is that I I I currently live in a very small town, and and so I kind of like the mom and pop stores, you know, where you know actually the 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 person checking me out is actually well, I mean at the at the counter at, at the counter, <laughs> not the people in the what mom and pop uh, in the aisles. <laughs> that at least they know me when I walk in, right? You know, mm-hmm. and so where these b- larger ones, it, it's like I'm just a number or I'm just you know another just pretty a face. rewards card. I, I, yes. Absolutely. And so I, 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 I've been trying to do that more often is That's going good. to places I, to support. You hear that, everyone? Infuse money into your community. Support local vendors. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So and so I, I think that more works. Just like, for instance, when I'm at a restaurant and I get good service, I'll actually call the manager over and report the good service rather than report the bad service because I think I'm very clear I when I don't leave a big tip. You know, people you know, people don't often hear the compliments, right? Right. Exactly. So that's good. But I was actually thrown off by one time. Something happened, um what was it? That um Oh yeah, I was at, I was happened to be in a large grocery store, mm-hmm. and for some reason I couldn't find the things I needed. And every single stock person that was there was like watch, seeing, watching me, you know, like wander. And they're like, "Hi, sir, do you need something?" And it was like every item I needed, they were like, "Oh, let me take you right to it." Oh, nice. And it happened like six or seven times. Next time, just give them the list. Well, hello, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was I went to go report it to the manager, and the manager like actually said, "I'm too busy." Why don't you just write in a comment card? Oh, nice. I nice. was like, wow, this is very interesting. So, you are not the friendliest store in town. No, I was like, wow, now I understand why you're struggling for business. Bummer. Uh, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so the Snickers commercial, you know, people keep eating Snickers. Like, don't stand for discrimination, but eat whatever right. candy bar you want. Right. Well, and maybe instead write them a letter. Right. Because they're really not going to feel the influx. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. Probably, they're probably going to respond more to your letter of saying, hey, like this, I don't particularly care for this. And clearly, they've responded in some way. They they understand that, um, you know, uh, I I don't know. I I honestly don't believe that they meant to be homophobic. But who means? I guess who really means to be homophobic? I suppose, right? Well, right. I guess that some people do. But well, the other thing too is that some people aren't even aware that they're being homophobic. Right. I think you it know? was probably some like you know fresh out of grad school marketing person mm-hmm. who was like, oh, let's. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then there's some that are highly educated and very ambitious and get a very high position in government better. and should know better and still make a discriminatory decision that affects millions of people. Right. You know, I, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> I feel it. And let me tell you, it has been a rough couple of days. I bet it has been us. for you. It's been a rough couple of days for the community. Yeah. You know, all sorts of conference calls. Uh, in case you've been living under um, a very affirming, inclusive rock this these past couple of days, um, uh, the appellate court in the state of Michigan struck down the ability for state institutions, including Eastern, Western, Central, 
Grand Valley, U of M, um, Wayne State, Wayne State, the ability State. to offer same-sex domestic partner benefits, mm-hmm. particularly health care benefits. Yes. So you know we're talking that um, that domestic partners they can't get the necessary health care that they need, and this is mm-hmm. this is an injustice. This right. is an injustice is the, probably the most uh, the kindest word that we can say about it. The kindest, because there are several different things that this should never have happened. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, if anything, there's going to be a lot to digest in the last, the next couple months, because there's there was a lot of reasons why they should never have decided the way they did. Sure. Um, I mean, there was, and um, the one big thing that you could do to be able to help this is basically is express your opinion. Start writing your um, uh, editor, newspaper editors. Absolutely. Start writing Letters to the editor. Be heard. Congress people. And people are angry out there and people are really, really hurt and we feel that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've been having some community conversations and pe- the thing that gets communicated most is that people are hurt. And this right. is a hurtful decision because, um, you know, in 04, when the marriage amendment passed, queer people were blocked from getting married right we didn't have marriage to begin with right but we had domestic partner health benefits right and they've been taken away yes exactly so in a very literal sense this is taking a step back oh absolutely so um you know between one in four and one in five families have um some exposure or member of an lgbt in their family so if you're out there speak up and speak out Yes, exactly. And I think that that's the thing, because even though they're one of the things that they're realizing is that um, the the opinion might might have been the the opinion, even though they should have been definitely directed, because one, it apparently when you make an amendment to the Constitution, you can't have it be do two prongs where it not only takes away um, like you're not able to do this, but then extend it even further, like take away benefits. Mm-hmm. It can only be like a one direct, you know, like a one prong. This is exactly what we wanted wanted to do. Sure. It can't be more than one, and this d- definitely was. And they've extended it. They have really extended. It. And I think you know personally, I really feel like the Michigan Supreme Court has. Has has really narrowly um, looked at this case, um, and it's really, um, and and we're not talking a lot of people. Like it goes two ways. Right. We're not talking about a lot of people. Right. So okay, so some would say, oh, we're not talking a lot of people. Like it's not a big deal. But we're also talking about it's not a lot of people. So why are we picking on these maybe like thousand people in the state of Michigan who mm-hmm. are now? no longer have access to health benefits or or and their children and their families are affected too right exactly so, well, I, well i think that that's one of the things is that they're, they're that maybe only a thousand people are, are using it currently in the state of michigan but there have been other resources like for instance private companies that are not publicly funded where that people are getting their insurance from currently right. so mm-hmm. if this goes any further with you know then including um any type of contract then then there's there then there's going to be some issues and, and you know the people with this affects these are talented people we're talking about people who are teachers mm-hmm. we're talking about people who work at our universities people who city are employees works. exactly yeah. like these are these are people we want to keep in the state right now and absolutely we already have a lot of people exiting right now, and, right. and we don't need any more talent. Um, and the what is it? The uh, mind the, drain the or brain the drain. brain drain? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and and I guess that's the thing is that if if 
I guess what I'm hoping is by public opinion creating this, uh, creating um, a, a clear understanding of how the Michigan Supreme Court needs who, to make a decision. Right, and who it's really affecting. Exactly. And that they, what are the stories? Right. So I think that, um, you know, I've heard that very soon that pe- they're going to be collecting stories of people mm-hmm. to play some full-page ads in the newspapers. And mm-hmm. um, so when you see that, you know, support that. Absolutely. Um, and that'll be happening really soon. Exactly. So that maybe that the public opinion will influence the Supreme Court, right. not just necessarily their own views and uh, discrimination. Yeah. Right. Right. So. What a downer, Dan. I know. Exactly. So let's do something like peppy music and um, and introduce our, our guest for this evening. Um, um, Jane- I can't wait. Yeah. We, we have um, a great author and a great bookseller. Absolutely. Soon to be number one bestseller. <laughs> As he's not. Thanks like, a out. lot. We'll be right back. That was peppy. That was very peppy. I don't know if you saw this, but I was on top of the piano dancing. (laughs) I know that you can't see, but I was surprised where he got that boa pulled out from. I was like, wow. Uh, You know, people are like, how does he get his legs that high? I'm like, I take lessons. (laughs) So, welcome back. You're listening to WCBN FM 88.3. Did I say it right? No. WCBN anyway, FM Ann Arbor. Yes. Closets of Reclothes. And we're joined by two amazing folks from our community here in Ann Arbor, Southeast Michigan. Yeah, we basically, what happened is that we were talking to Keith Orr and saying, you know, Keith, what can we do when you're next time on our show and things? And um, and he said, well, I just happened to have an event coming up um, to talk about um, a self-organizing man with Jay Sennett. Um, and and so we extended the invitation to uh, Jay. And Jay, you have three men that are going to be, be, you're on the hot seat tonight. I guess so. <laughs> I'm scared. Exactly. I have some snicker bars in my back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll meet in the middle. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I don't know if you heard, but I'm allergic to nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So thank you, Keith, for uh, joining us and uh, participating in this uh, this interview. So, um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you is um, self organizing men. So tell me a little bit about what it what it's about. Well, it's about. What the Snickers ad is not. Mm-hmm. The Snickers ad, uh, it's ironic that you would have mm-hmm. been mentioning that, uh, is really about what I sort of call stupid masculinity. Mm. And stupid masculinity sells in America. I don't know how many ads we watch where husbands and fathers are rendered incapable of running a vacuum cleaner. They babysit their kids. Uh, they behave in just really inane ways that 
I've I all the men I've ever known in my life n- never behave this way, quote unquote comedic ways, right? Right. Hey. I, I and 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 it sells. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, what has happened uh, is that the backlash against feminism is a is because of some of these ads. I don't and I don't mean to overstate that and say oh you know it's all because of these stupid ads. It's not. But, Be a feminist. Boycott Snickers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that what has happened is that these conversations about sort of complex masculinity have really been uh, uh, quieted to a certain degree. I think, you know, feminist men uh, have really not been able to have their stories sort of pushed to the forefront. Uh, And, you know, so much of of, of feminist discussions in general, you know, feminist discussions of sexuality, gay and lesbian, you know, marriage, discussions of women's lives, men's lives, uh, get pushed into this umbrella of, you know, men are from Pluto and women are from Uranus or whatever these things are, you know, these sort of really sort of simplistic models. And so, you know, I didn't experience my masculinity as as that simplistic, you know, I experienced that it's very complex and very contradictory. And, you know, as I uh, have been living as a man for more than 10 years, I also came to realize that a lot of other men felt that those same, not the same contradictions, but they did feel contradictions and they did feel paradox. And so it really came, this book was an outgrowth of my desire to see these discussions in a book format because I know that there are discussions that we have all the time, but they're not ones that are readily available, at least from a trans masculine F to M perspective. And I was really, really done with the whole, oh, you know, you've, deserted feminism discussion that gets laid at my feet because I've become a man. And I'm happy to talk about male privilege. I'm also happy to talk about male privilege in the context of white privilege, which is what a lot of white feminists don't want to talk about. So, you know, it's that kind of complexity. It's about, you know, looking, you know, to say, for example, the discussion of penises, which... You know, it's it's so difficult in our culture to even say that word without there being titters and laughs, titters. Uh, right? Exactly. You know, like, and it is. And so I, I I wanted other men, you know, which is why you know I included Tim West to be involved in this project because some of the things that I think, at least for myself, I struggled with are not things that are unique to trans men. I think that they're things that all men, absolutely, who are thinking and conscious, and I struggle think that with. We all recognize, you know, that masculinity is this construct but we never look at how it's exactly exactly i i just uh, um, wanted to back up for just a second here because we jumped into this discussion and i'm not sure necessarily the listeners um uh, know everything about what's going on here tell us about the Um, event in the book well uh, no actually even um further back than that that um what the discussion is about here and the the book is uh self-organizing men which jay senate uh put together and um uh, specifically, the book is um, deals with um, transgender FTM issues, um, FTM being female to male, um, and uh, uh, so that I just wanted to give a little context to it <laughs> because I realized we're talking without the context. And one of the beautiful things about the context is that um, when Jay put this together. Um, he also put together a new press. Oh, that's right. For Humble doing this. this, right? And, yes. And that's, that's incredibly courageous. I love it. Uh, yeah. Thank and you. the wonderful thing about it is that, you know, you look around and um, uh, there's there just was not an outlet for a book like this. Yeah. And it's so 
easy at a time like that for someone to say, oh, well, I'll just self-publish, i.e., you know, you put it, you you get it into print and then just send it out there as if it's going to, that's all you have to do. Right. And and, uh, if I ever, if I have one piece of advice from um, what I can see in the book world to people who want to publish if is is get a publisher and if you can't get a publisher this has been a brilliant um move by jay and that is to um say that there's room for this publishing house that is going to deal specifically with ftm issues um what it means is that there's going to be um a, a chance not only for this book to um, uh, get out there, but for to pave the way for other books and, to, and for there to be a whole distribution system for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and then I guess I wanted to say a little bit about the book that it, it is an anthology, so it's not uh, entirely Jay's doing. Right, um, there are other other folks involved, and it's a wide variety of stuff. Um, the the um, full title of it is, let me make sure, it, where's the subtitle on this thing? Here we go. On the spine. Uh, self-organizing men, conscious masculinities in time and space. And of course, he was starting to allude to that earlier, the idea that um, a conscious masculinity is, um, is something that all men can um, perhaps uh, uh, learn from. Um, I, I have uh, um, a, a fellow who commented on uh, the fact that we have this big women's studies section in the mm. bookstore and this tiny little men's mm-hmm. studies section. And and uh, he jokingly says, I guess men are just real simple, huh? Buying into that whole exactly. thing of, you know, oh, we're just simple idiots, aren't we? And, um, and, and I think that uh, one of the things that's been amazing about that other section, the trans studies section... Is that it's always been it's been very popular um, with a lot of women who aren't necessarily trans, right? But because um, it explores gender issues in ways that um, are important to women. Well, the thing is, it also explores um, things that are important to men. We just haven't been paying attention, hmm. and that's what's great about this book to me. It's also um, you know it it sounds like boy, this could be a really heavy book. You know, um, it's actually quite lights in paperback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like, oh, conscious masculinities, you know, in time and space. Deep, and right. Yeah. This is really. And, and I mean, it certainly is deep, but it's also deep in ways that's really approachable. I mean, sure, this yeah. is something that anyone can pick up and you don't have to like have have a master's degree in gender studies to, no, and to, I think it's, to get through. And that's one of the beauties of the book. It's, you know, got cartoons, it's got woodcuts, it's got poetry, it has personal experiences. There's lots of applicable themes that, that we can we can transpose into our everyday lives, right? So even... Sort I of, hope so. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, as we talk about conscious masculinities, like how we construct gender and masculinity, I mean, we just had the Super Bowl. What are the cultural implications of having a Super Bowl, right? Right. Like, what? Why? Well, I mean, I mean, we need to cheer ourselves up in the winter. So let's have a Super Bowl, you know. So, like, all these things that we do to define ourselves as men, like wrestling, like watching wrestling, WWE. For oh, example. that yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, was, I like, was like, ooh. Well, okay. no. <laughs> well, I mean that too. <laughs> well, I think. Okay, that I watched the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it for me is that I don't necessarily have a problem per se with 
football or a Super Bowl, what I have a problem with is that that is seen as the be-all, end-all right. of a certain kind of, of masculinity. That's the problem that I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, men are perfectly entitled to behave like jackasses, just like women, but when that's held up as something that we should all aspire to, right. and that what I'm aspiring to, or what Keith or the two of you are aspiring to is wrong or should be made illegal, I have a real problem with that. Right. And, you know, I have a problem with particularly non-trans feminists, and I say that with my fingers making the quotation marks, defining the discussion for me about what my masculinity means. I really, really, really take issue with that. Instead of letting you create your own space. Right, right. I mean, it's only been, um, and Keith, you might speak to this better than I can in terms of the books that have been published over the last probably 10 years, but it's only been in the last, I would say, maybe five to seven years that you're beginning to see books by trans people about trans experience as opposed to to in the 90s when it was almost all by non-trans people and 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 one of the things that i wanted to accomplish with this publishing company was to have conversations that i was having with other trans people rather than a conversation that a trans person would have with a non-trans person Mm -hmm. do you feel like many of those conversations had so much to do with a transition, a medical, physical transition? Well, they certainly did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that uh, certainly provides opportunities to have ex- to have dialogue, for example, with people in disability communities around medical advocacy mm-hmm. and access to uh, you know fair and equal treatment in the medical system in a way that, uh, for example, a non-medical, how do I want to say this? For someone who has an option to medical modalities for transition, maybe they're non-hormonal, non-medical transition, wouldn't necessarily have access to those types of connections, if that sure, makes sense. Sure. And so that was another thing that I really wanted to highlight. And I just really, really am so sick of these stupid discussions about, oh, well, he's gay. How can he be Republican? I mean, it's not the best choice, I think. It's not the wisest (laughs) choice, but it's a choice that a person can make, and it's a valid choice. The Republican part. Right. Okay. Right. You know, it's not one that I agree with, and I think that someone who is that presents, you know, great cartoon possibilities for me. Sure. Um, But, you know, and this is something that I know you and I have talked about, Dan, where when a straight man wants to show his affection with another man, he's immediately characterized as gay. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is horrible. It's not that being gay is bad, but when we tell men you can only be affectionate in a very narrow sexual way, that diminishes all men. It diminishes gay men who want to be affectionate with other men in a non-sexual, non-passionate you know, passionate way. And, it, and then, you know, if a boy wants to kiss another boy, ah, well, you're a fat. You know, it's just it's a horrible thing. And we do it all the, you know, oh, well, you know, he's, he's straight and he hangs out at the gay bar, but he's a closet case. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not. Exactly. And we won't even talk about the biphobia that's inherent in that statement oh, anyway. Yes. But, you know, it's those kinds of things that I just think, you know, we have to, if we want to find a way out of the situation that we're in, we need to be redefining the discussions that we're having and the assumptions that we make in those discussions. So how did you choose the people to be a part of the conversation in that book of self-organizing men? Well, I came up with this call for submissions. It was, you know, it's one of those things where if I knew a year ago what I know now, I probably wouldn't have done it. In the sense that it's turned out to be nothing like I thought it would be, which is totally mm. fine. I mean, that's awesome. It's just I had originally wanted to present this book to a potential publisher. 
And so I started this call for submissions and I sent it out and I knew that I wanted Tim West in the book and at that there were some other people in the blogging community who had been reading my blog and they said, oh, I'm really excited by this. I want to submit. And so it was just sort of uh, by a whim and a prayer, I think, that I got these people to submit and it turned out to be. And, and then Eli Clare uh, also said, oh, I really want to participate in this too. So that was a big help. Great. And and so it was really by whatever submission you got, mouth. by yeah, word of mouth. My, so you was, didn't actually choose except for Tim, Tim right. and Eli. And, and I think there were out of there were only two that we didn't include. Okay. Wow. So it, we, we were re, I was we were very very lucky. I mean, there's certainly been situations where other people have done calls for submissions and just gotten not a good quality in return and then you're really kind of stuck because you have this call and then you have to go back and say, would you be willing to participate in this anthology? And so, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm very much a believer in calls for submissions. I mean, I really wanted to, to sh use this as an opportunity for new voices to step onto the stage, which is why we have, you know, the woodcuts in here by Eli Vandenberg and Nick Kittle uh, has a piece in here. You know, these are new people that, you you know, it's not James Green. It's not Max mm -hmm. Valerio. You know, these sure. are new voices. We also have someone that I I think is really awesome, Gaylords, who is actually a high femme drag king living in Sydney, Australia, who wrote what I think is one of the... I really enjoy the piece because it's talking about masculinity as something very different from transitioning or being born a male. It's about, you know, clothing. It's a very complex piece. Yeah, and so I, I, I was just really thrilled. Wow. So that's how I, yeah. Because on the website, there was a, there was a, a submission or a, or a piece that I read that it was, that it was actually quite difficult, that you had very, um, that there was an issue of, that one of the people that you had talked to um, was was surprised at how little of a response um, he was getting. Um Oh, I'm, it was, I'm drying a blank um, here. So, um, but then it was there was a because um, I went to homofactuspress.com and there was a piece. I think it was like about the third, third or fourth. Page oh, in. you're talking about um, the book on drag um, F, F to M's of color. Oh, okay. Tinting the lens. Yeah, we have had a very uh, poor a response. I think for that, and and I think. Someone pointed out to me that it's difficult for people to be the first, and, and they thought that perhaps the reason that we weren't getting a, a lot of feedback or a lot of submissions for that particular anthology had to do with the fact that it is F to M's of color, and they don't want to be the first, and we're a fairly new—I mean, we are very still new press. We uh, uh, To date, we only published one book, and so mm -hmm. it's a matter of gaining trust and— Right, and so it's just going to be a lot longer than we thought it would be. Wow. Um, but we have in 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 the balance, um, we're planning on publishing King's Guys, which is a book on drag kings of color, which in fact has the opposite response because drag kings, by very nature, are performance oriented, so they love to talk about themselves and what they do. <laughs> so it's like whoosh, you know, this floodgate is open. So, right. um, and I think that will uh, serve a lot of. Uh, good in the world i mean it's an it's an important topic and uh i think there'll be a lot of interest yes well on, when we come back from our, our quick break um one of the things i wanted to talk to you about was like what were some of the conversations that surprised you that you that people were writing about and um and okay so we're gonna um take a quick break and uh, we'll see you on the other side hey kristen what are you doing tonight tonight uh, i'm gonna comb my hair well, what about tomorrow 
Yeah, I gotta shampoo the cat. Well, what well, what about next week? Uh, I'm in Toledo all next week. Okay, fine. How about this? On Tuesday, February 13th, WCBN Movie Night is Stop Making Sense with the Talking Heads. It's one of the best concert flicks ever. Is that the one with David Byrne in the big suit? You betcha. Yeah, I'll totally go to that. Sweet. It's live at PJ's. Doors are at 9, and the movie starts at 10. Let's get there early and drink some beer. All right. Passing the press up to the facts. Can't seem nervous. Can't relax. Bet on fire. Don't touch me. I'm a real And we are back. So, um, so, the, um, so one of the things that I had hinted about was with the different, um, the different submissions that you had gotten for the book. Um, what were some of the surprises that, or some of the topics that that you were impressed that you had received? I suppose all of them is too broad. To state, <laughs> I, I, I think what surprised me the most was how with work and, you know, when you when you said when you're putting together an anthology, you do this call for submissions and you, you may or a person may or may not decide to have sort of pre-picked people, which I didn't except for Tim West. And um, I was really struck by how well I think the texts fit together. I mean, I think what happens is, is there's a sort of internal I reference it in the in the introduction as a as a kind of jazz ensemble. So there's some some themes that are current that 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 are running through all of them. And then within them each person is sort of riffing on that. And so some people go in directions that you wouldn't expect when you're talking about masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um and then you have people who are doing very traditional narratives, for example, you know, transition as a loss or transition as a lack. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who are who are completely undermining that you know that story and then you have people who are telling stories that are very different and then you know within that uh you have my cartoons which are very i think probably the most humorous uh out of all of the texts that are actually sort of poking fun at some sacred cows in the trans community absolutely which i was very intentional about because i think you know we're 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 been around for about 10 years community we're ready for being poked fun at at some of our you know, foibles and things. And so what really surprised me is how well it hung, hangs together. And, you know, when I was putting it together uh, with Miss H, who's, you know, not only my life partner, but also my business partner, you know, I kept saying to her, is this really working? You would tell me if it's not working, right? Because, you know, I can read it and think, oh, it works. But, you know, other people are like, ooh, it's not working. And she kept saying, no, it's working, it's working. And so I think that was the biggest surprise. It's just, you know, you throw it out there and it comes back and it all sort of gelled. Right. What were um, so? What are some of the things that they talk about besides just masculinity? I know that was the main topic. Wow. Well, uh, one of the pieces, Bobby Noble's piece, I think is most notable because Bobby talks about uh, race privilege and and the discussion that we need to have around gender and and race, and that when we say that gender transitioning is a kind of crossing over, which is often what lesbian white lesbians will say to other white lesbians when they transition bobby is at great pains to point out correctly i think that in fact what we're talking about is really racial privilege because if a black woman transitions a black butch or just a a black woman a transition she's not suddenly at the top of the food chain so to speak in a way that i am right 
I mean, that she's moving from one contested identity to another contested identity. And so what Bobby is at pains to point out is that that gender is, is, is always in conversation with all these other identities, and they're constantly moving and shifting, and that, in fact, there is no such thing as a coherent identity. There, there is a, he's arguing for a kind of incoherence that, that, in fact, was exactly what I was getting at with, with this call, is that there is no sense of a unitary self for us to hang ourselves on. You know, these words that we use are simply linguistic constructs. They don't mean anything other than the story that we tell ourselves. And so we have that, and we have Aaron Izura from Melbourne, Australia, talking about we need to be having more masculinities. And, and he has this great sort of semi-porn piece in the middle about kind of reconstructing masculine sexuality as, as, as the, from the recipient's point of view rather than someone who's performing the sex act. He's receiving the sex act. And uh, we have... Uh, Eli, Eli Clare, yes. Eli Clare, uh, who's just an astonishing poet. Uh, we'll be publishing his collection of poetry and prose pieces uh, later, I would say April or May, called The Marrow's Telling. Uh, he wrote a very well-known book uh, published by South End Press called uh, Pro- Exile and Pride. Wow. Or both. Keith and I are like, uh, <laughs> uh, and so uh, we're very, very excited to publish uh, this collection. I think uh, if it's not the first collection of F to M trans male poetry, it's one of the first. Uh, and I, I was looking at the uh, Lambda Literary Award nominations list today, and they have. Uh, sections for lesbian poetry and gay poetry so i made it my personal mission by the time i die there'll be one for trans poetry as well so and one of the things that eli does Mm -hmm. and we have a piece by eli Actually, we do yes we have a piece by eli that uh is uh he did a little podcast a reading so and that's one of the beauties of the internet uh you don't need to if you aren't in town when he's in town uh you can play it so i don't know if you can hit play here yeah. and and can go okay do we know what the, the piece is about or could we introduce a little bit or is it, it the, the piece is entitled and yet and it's about his masculinity perfect and yet by eli claire i lay out syringe alcohol pad vial a ritual connecting me to junkies draw the testosterone and push needle deep through skin into metal. And yet, I would have chosen Hermit, Stormheim River, Heron, flying upstream. Open the windows for Scythia spilling its dense yellow. North on Baldwin Road, I walk my everyday walk. Bottom of the hill, a dog barks, boy yells. Hey, mister, hey, mister, hey, mister. We've traded names a dozen times. Then, hey, retard, retard, retard. Schoolyard to street corner. Words turn, pebbles slung by the pocket fall. Cripskin marked, white skin not. Open the doors, daffodils rearing their bright heads. Sipionate suspended in cottonseed oil, a shapeshifter's drug, the color of pale sunlight. Voice cracks, stubble glints. Open the cellar. Soon, soon, the maples 
will be unfurling their green fists. And yet, girl arrived first, bones set to the current. In the mirror, I wait. The difference, a simple ritual, verb, skin, muscle, hormone, body, begins. Split the stone open, then the lilacs, deep purple. At another time, another place, I might have relied upon insistent dreams, gods, goddesses, spirits, all an herbalist stepping out back, nettle or ginseng, jaw squares, hips and ass, slim. And yet, had I been given the chance, they would have demanded clay or granite, salt water or fresh, as if the confluence could never be home. Open, palms stretched wide, Apple orchard, still bare-boned, branch and trunk. But today I have Pfizer, Upjohn, Watson, doctors saying yes, saying no, judging the very stretch of skin over bone. Crip skin, white skin, which stories do I tell the best? Body begins to settle open to the peepers, coyotes, faint crescent moon. This drug I shoot in careful fractions. I step into its exam rooms, pay its bills, increase its profits. Packed bulk, skin roughens, crit skin, white skin, which stories rarely begin Turn, flutter, settle. Let them draw my blood. Check liver, kidney, cholesterol, hemocrit. Track the numbers. Write the script. Open the orchard soon to be enveloped in blossom. Round the next bend, other boys want my name. Hand me theirs. Ask as only five-year-olds can. Why don't you talk so good? I shrug, keep moving. Body begins to settle onto its foundation. And yet, here at the confluence, river and ocean collide, current rushing headlong, waves pushing back, stones Tumble one against another, logs drift and roll. Tell me, where in this hiss and froth might I lay myself down? Wow. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, yes. Anyone, uh, right. Anyone who thinks poetry is some sort of abstract thing. You, you know. <laughs> or it all needs to rhyme. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah e- Eli was uh, at Creating Change this last year um, in Kansas nice. City. And uh, um Trying to remember why he spoke with it. Did, were they giving him an award? They were giving him an award, award for his work with on the 
you're building community with disability communities and queer right. communities. Right, the, exactly. And and uh, he recited at, on that um, occasion as well, and it was just powerful. I, you had a room of a couple of thousand GLBT folks just in stunned yes, by the, the power, by the power. Just amazing. Absolutely. And. And so, and, and and I just wanted to say a couple of things. First of all, because um, this is also an amazing radio show, and next week, of course, oh. is the is the fundraising fundraiser. Absolutely. And I'm not going to be here for it. So, I know you're so, here every year. So I have to say, I just have to say this: seven six three thirty five hundred. That would be area code seven three four seven six three thirty five hundred to Give make liberally. your donations. To closets, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's fabulous. We actually uh, every almost every year Keith is here, and it just happens to fall on it. It's not one of those things that we do it on purpose. And it's and I was there when I go. had a reminder, just like hey, just want to let you know, you know, we're doing this again tonight. And he was like, and it's like, but it's not a fundraiser night. <laughs> so well, I feel good about having gotten that number exactly. Out. Absolutely. Uh, I also wanted to um, say one of the other reasons I'm here tonight is because we are doing an event with Jay on Saturday at Common Language Bookstore um, at at 4 o'clock. And um, if there's a huge turnout, we'll um, go across the way or either next door to RAP or across the way to the old RAP offices. Um, But uh, uh, one way or another, we can accommodate folks. And um, And it'll be your chance to pick up the book as well as to continue this discussion. Yes. Because, of course, this is a discussion around this um, little table here in the basement. Um, But really, it's a discussion that should be taking place with all the listeners as well. And that's a way for them to um, come in and participate. And I'll have a little present for everyone who comes. Oh, all right. So that's uh, this Saturday. At uh, 4 o'clock, Common Language. And if you're not sure where it is, uh, there's a little map on our website, which is glbtbooks.com. So you can check that out. Um, I also wanted to return a little bit. We started talking a little bit about the the press. Yes. um, And that uh, uh, this is published by Home Effectus Press. Um, which is brand new with this book, but we hope um, we'll be around a long time with many more books as we've had some little intimations of the things that are coming. Um, And I wanted to ask a little bit about um, uh, how you came to do this. I mean, I assume that you were... That you started with more traditional... um, I did, indeed. uh, I started with a traditional... I'm going to package this all together and send it out to agent and or publisher. And I have no gumption for that kind of thing. I cannot stand to hear the word no. It's just, <laughs> it just it crushes me. And I'm very, oh, um, I don't have a lot of uh, secure feelings about my writing. So I just thought I can't do it. And so I started doing some research and came to the realization fairly quickly, thanks to the World Wide Web and, and the vast amounts of information that are available in, in English on the World Wide Web, that going with uh, iUniverse, which is owned by Barnes & Noble, uh, Am- uh, that one's, oh. um, yeah, and, it's and Amazon, Amazon has a new one, one too. Uh, and- yeah, the, these are, they're not vanity presses. But they're not... What do you mean by vanity presses? A vanity press is a publisher that says, you pay me $6,000 and I'll send you 500 books. Oh, okay. And 
they're not a publisher in any sense that they don't help you to market it. They're not, you know, they just take your money and then leave you high and dry with a lot of books in your garage that you can't sell. Uh, the problem with iUniverse is that, in fact, a person who uses them is, in fact, not a publisher. They are simply using iUniverse to print their book. And this is probably the single biggest point to make to people. The only way you are recognized in the United States and the UK and Canada as a publisher is if you register to have what are called ISBN numbers, which are the 13-digit number or what is it now, 10-digit on the back that says ISBN, and you have to go through a process where you incorporate as a business, you buy them from R.R. Boker, which is sort of its own, oh, um, what's it called, um, monopoly. They are the only company in the United States that sells them, and you register with them, and they you buy them in packets of one, 10, 1,000, and then 100,000. And when you do that, then you are a publisher. Interesting. And there is no other way that you can be a publisher unless you have an ISBN number. And so for about $1,000, a person can become a publisher. Huh. What's interesting is that you cannot get a Library of Congress number if you are a publisher who only publishes your own works. You have to publish 10 books not by the founder of the publishing company to, be, to get a Library of Congress number. Who knew? There's all these little vagaries and infightings. And I, I mean, it's such a cutthroat business. Absolutely. It's just incredible to me. And, and you know, I could go on and on about the demise of um, Publishers Group West, which is far too detailed for this conversation. But just, <laughs> you know, all these distribution companies that are falling apart. And it's just a they hate each other. I mean, the way they, and, you know, and, and Keith is trying to eke out a living. And, you know, I'm trying to find a distri distribution model that works with you know, bookstores like Keith's because they, you guys perform such a vital community service, you know, and like the Toronto Women's Bookstore in Toronto. Um, and also one that will allow us to continue to print books because, you know, uh, you know, I can't give out away books, you know, right. for long periods right. of time and not get paid. And it's just like, oh, what are we going to do? And I refuse to go to Borders and Barnes and Noble. I just, I won't do it. I mean, they just, I, I won't. So, right. Uh, and our, another thing I wanted to say about publishers is um, that, you know, you, yes, you can go to an iUniverse and you can, you know, use their ISBN, as it were, so that, you know, you have been published. But the biggest difference to me is um, has to do with the fact that a, a publishing house has an interest in um, the content. Yes. And obviously there are pro publishing houses out there that, you know, they could care less. They will publish anything if they think it it will sell. But by and large, publishers are out there because they believe in books. And and um because they believe in books, they there are editors. <laughs> I can't mm. tell you the number of times I've had people bring their self-published book to me and say, "Here, sell this." And you know, I'll read one or two pages and just go, oh, my God, yeah. you know, I can't believe this. And the thing is, they haven't had a publisher who will look, first of all, accepted the manuscript um, on the basis that it was editable text exactly. to begin with. Exactly. But then to actually go through the process of 
producing something. And a good editor is, you know, it's hard for writers to understand that, you know, editors do actually help them be a better writer. And if you have a good editor, that's what happens. Um, And if you have a good um, publisher, they provide you with that. They provide you with all of these other resources as in a distribution model. Um, Marketing. Marketing. Marketing is so big. And it's something that an author has to do as well. Um, You know, I talked to uh, we had Anthony Badalka in the store um, uh, a year ago, who is just a delight. But he talks about how, you know, yes, he gets up early. He writes until noon, from 6 a.m. till noon. He mm-hmm. writes from noon on. He has been his own publicist. Right. Yep. You know, he recognizes yep. that he's still going to be his best publicist, but he has the resources of a publisher to help him with that process. Right. And if you have some writings that you're interested in publishing, you can definitely um, contact um, Homo Facta- Factus right. Press. Publisher at homoeffectuspress.com okay. we'll take a look at it and can't we'll promise anything but we'll true. definitely but take a look at it exactly um, and if um, you're interested in picking up self-organizing men you can definitely go to Common Language yes. um, and right. any other bookstore that's in the area um, and um, and you if you're enjoying the conversation that we're, we have uh, this evening you can also go and um, download your podcast at, on iTunes uh, stores uh, just basically put in closets and we pop up and subscribe and you can listen to um, this conversation conversation again um, and also um, any of our future shows. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their license the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhage, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. Crosby, wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. Castles may tumble, that's made after all. Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds like, hey, hey. They cut out eight bars, the dirty bastard. I didn't know which eight bars he was gonna cut. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going off my nuts. Uh, the last bastion of freeform. WCBN FM and Ava. Sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez, that mic is on. The mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone. All right. Good evening.